Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Friday morning. Our first real Friday of summer for us. This time a week ago, as you're listening, we were, we were on the road, probably. Depends on what time, obviously. Yeah, and let's be honest with you. I enjoy your presence. Yeah, but not, not for 13 straight hours. But in been, the rain. Been, been with y'all for about nine days at that point, and then to know that we were in a vehicle for another, you know, 13, 14 hours, and then we ran through about six monsoons yeah. between, between Omaha and Starkville. It wasn't great. Wasn't the greatest. We made the of best days, of it. But, but we survived, and we did make the best of it. Had some good tunes along the way. Absolutely. Had a good times along the way, too. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to us wherever you're listening to us from. We do appreciate it, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. July 4th coming up. Great celebration of our country. So if you know a serviceman or you know a servicewoman, make sure you say thank you when you see them. Uh, and, of course, thanks to our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse. They really need your business now because uh, Shane Reed, as he put on social media, his second child should be here by now. If not, it's... it's second baby girl. It's, it's on the way. Oh, my God. Two girls. Let me tell you something about two girls. Woo! It's tough. So only a man can have two girls. <laughs> I guess God has allowed me to be the yin to y'all's yang. Yeah, and in every so. every sense of the word, you are the yin to my yang. So uh, go check them out. Not, not not just because they need the money now at this point, but just because their products are great. The coffee, the ice cream, all the baked goods, nothing better. So, uh, hey, speaking of food, how many Pringles could you eat? Gosh, man. No, I don't know, but I, I, I care nothing about trying to top the Brian Scott Rippey if you haven't watched the Periscope of Brian Scott Rippey eating Pringles, I, I cannot recommend it enough. It is one of the funniest things I was ever part of. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show on Sports Talk Mississippi, but what were the odds there would be an eating challenge on that show and it didn't involve me? <laughs> I feel pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> I, I'm not the one who had to look like a pig for, for fun. I, I feel pretty good right now. I'm like, what, right. would, what would be your specialty, though? Wings? Chicken wings. It would be wings? Yes. Yeah, no question. No question about that. I'm trying to think, like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, what else are you going to eat fast, too, you know? Yeah. Like Skittles? I mean, what am I doing there? You know, M&M's? I don't know. I don't want to eat sweets, because that's how you end up sick. You know, savory food, you might just have to go to the restroom a little bit. Sweets get you get you sick. Yeah. If you, eat, if you overeat on those, so. I could, I, could, I could drain a can of Coke in one sip. I could, I could drink a, train a can of Coke in less than 10 seconds. I do have to say that, I mean, I've seen you eat chicken wings, and yeah. I've also seen you drink Coke. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that if, if there's a world record for how Fastest quickly Coke. you can down Cokes, mm-hmm. I'm in the I, don't know, I don't know that you win it, mm-hmm. but you're in the running. I'm in the running, okay. Well, that would have been a lot easier than I mean, what poor Rippy had to do. I mean, we, we stopped at a quick stop on the way to Omaha. Uh, that's right. I drank the Coke before we got, got back Coke. in the car. We, we, we didn't even, your your butt had not hit the seat yet, gone. and the Coke was gone. Yeah. Which, I, I'm the type that, you know, give me a Diet Mountain Dew, and I'm going to, like, sip on that sucker. I'm going to savor it all the way down the road, you know, try to make it last, drag it out. Not Brian Haydad. Down the hatch. Doing a pot here, Bob. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I was I was paying attention down the hatch. I heard the last <laughs> thing you said. Uh, I talked to Bob today. Uh, I miss old Bobby C. I hadn't talked to him in a, probably a couple. Not gonna be up here for a while more, more either. A couple we, months, we, we might see him this football season. I, uh, I was gonna say I I wanted to say I talked to him during basketball season, but no, it may have been football. It may have been six months or so since I've talked to Bob. Yeah, that's sad. It sucks. Uh, we got a good show today. We're gonna talk a little. We're gonna do. We got some positional breakdowns to do. We're at that time of the year, so we got to get those. Plus, you get to make everybody mad today. Not everybody. Some, some people. Some people get big mad. 
Uh, but we also want to talk a little baseball in the second half of the show. Uh, a surprising exit for, for one of uh, MSU's players who I thought might play a big role for next year. But let's start with those positional breakdowns. Our preseason summer positional breakdown. We start with the quarterback position, which is what everybody's like. Looks a lot different than when we talked in the spring. In the spring, you and I were debating, is Keaton Thompson going to win this job? Does Jalen Maiden have a chance? Could Garrett Schrader be a dark horse? Now, to me, all of those questions are done, and it's all about Tommy Stevens. Now, yep. regardless of what other people think about us on this, I just feel like he's going to win the job. And then once he wins the job and he's locked into that, you need to consider what you're going to do with Keaton Thompson. But let's start with Tommy Stevens. From what we've seen of him, and it's, it's, it's limited – but it's no more limited than what you saw Fitzgerald before he took the job, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, it's no more limited than what you saw from Dak before he took the job. You know, this is this is what happens when you're behind a guy who was, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the country last year. You're not gonna get a lot of reps. You're not gonna get a lot of action. It would be no different than if Tommy Stevens had been here a season ago, and he was just behind Fitzgerald. It was just no different. He's gotten as much as probably as many reps. Maybe not as many reps as Keaton because Keaton was able to start a couple of games. That would have been interesting. Let me stop you there a second. Okay. You think if Tommy Stevens was here, Nick Fitzgerald would still been your starting quarterback? Can I answer you uh, on September first? Because yeah. I'll know then. That's true. I'll probably know that. I mean, I don't. That's the thing about Stevens is the numbers he's put up have been solid. He's about fifty-eight percent passer. He looks like he's a pretty decent runner. But Joel Moorhead's numbers looked really solid, and then he played the SEC defenses and couldn't do anything. So I got to see everything working together. You know, I, I can't answer those questions. I, I have an idea. I have an idea, but you know, I mean, you, and really, you want to play butterfly effect and sliding doors or whatever movie you want to tie that to. I mean, does Dan Mullen recruit Tommy Stevens? No, because yeah. he's not his kind of quarterback. He, yeah. You know, it's just not the same thing. But with Stevens coming in, I think it's going to be his job to lose. I think that he is going to uh, to be the starting quarterback, and I think he, I think he can be successful. I don't think that Joe Moorhead would have brought him in. Not only did he think he could start, but why waste time if you don't think he can be successful? Okay, he's better than Keaton, but he's still not going to be very good. I don't think you waste time with that. You know, yeah. I think you just move forward with what you got and try to develop what you have for for this season and beyond. Um, with Stevens coming in, what's the? Is it more important to see which of these two things? Better passer. Or just better at running the offense and not calling his own number so many times in the run game? What's more important? I think, I mean, gut instinct right off the bat there is, is better passer. Right. I mean, that's the first thing I think of because, I mean, I know that we asked Joe Moorhead this question several times last year. I say we did. I think you, in roundabout ways, have asked Joe Moorhead. But to get a quarterback to stop calling his own number, you can just draw up a run play. Yeah, hand the ball off kind of deal, but to create a better passer, that's not something that the coach can handle. You know, that's just something that you either have to be a better passer or have practiced to become a better passer. Kind of, that's not something that Joe Moorhead can just draw up a play and poof, you're a better passer. Right. He can draw up a play and poof, take the ball out of Tommy Stevens' hands, give it to Kyle Hill. Right, you can do that. So I think that absolutely the the answer to the, to that question is you would like to see more accuracy. And a sometimes I hate saying this, but it is weird how some quarterbacks have a more catchable ball. Seemingly, you yeah. know, you would like to see a more catchable pass, whether that's you know having a little touch behind it or, or just what, whatever the case is, just a, a better overall passing quarterback out, out of Tommy Stevens than than what you had out of Nick Fitzgerald. 
I'll play devil's advocate with you because I think the passing game will just be a little bit, even if it's just a little bit better, State's going to be very successful this year. doesn't have to be 65%. doesn't have to really be 60%. 57 58% passing, and you're, you're doing a lot better than you were a season ago. But I don't think State can win with the quarterback running the ball 15 to 20 times a game in this offense. It's, in Mullins' offense, sure, absolutely you could because you knew there were going to be another 20 carries for the tailback. In this offense, I don't think there's that many carries. I think there might be 35 running plays. So Kylan Hill needs to be the guy getting 20 to 25 of those, and then the rest of them just sort of divvy out as they, as they do. Um, so certainly you want to see, you know, and, and you're going to see improved passing. I think you are. Um, but you 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 got to see a, a quarterback use his weapons more than Mississippi State did a season ago. Because, again, it – just even marginal improvement passing a season ago, and this team wins nine, maybe ten games. Uh, but this team will not win more than five or six games this year if Tommy Stevens is running the ball up and down the field. That's got to be well, Kyle Hill. I think that if if Tommy Stevens is completing passes and moving the ball down the field that way, and is is more you know accurate and and getting some big plays here, there, and and yonder, he doesn't have to call his own number. You know, so I I really feel like that, you know, if you're a better passer, it, it it makes you not feel like you have to call your own number as much because you're moving the ball down the field with your arm. Possibly. Um, so I, I guess I, I think we're trying to say the same thing here, basically. Yeah. Whoever's the quarterback, whether it's Tommy Stevens or Keaton Thompson, and spoiler alert, you know, this is kind of like a, a deal for me that Major League Baseball kind of deal. I always like my baseball analogies. I, I hate using your team here, but the Los Angeles Dodgers have like a 14-game lead in the West right now. Why is it going to be like this? I don't Well, I, I'm just saying that there's no uh, – the, the only way the Los Angeles Dodgers aren't winning the NL West is if they just roll over and die. And I feel like the only way Tommy Stevens isn't going to be the quarterback for Mississippi State in the fall is if he just loses it. I mean, I, I feel like it's his and they're, they're it and really – and look – Joe Moore may tell us something different, you know, but I feel like that unless Tommy Stevens comes out there and loses it, there's nothing that Keaton Thompson can do to win it. I, I, that's how I feel. I, I don't think that I agree with that. Keaton can come out there and do anything. I think in if they're both good, Stevens is going to get. Yes, the job. that's what I'm trying to say. Like that, Keaton can't just be good and get the job. Keaton's going to have to be good, and Stevens is going to have to suck. Could he be in the better? Ball. Just be, if Stevens is good, but Keaton is better, Keaton would win the job. Yeah. He's. Let me, yeah. let me go back to what you said. But original I feel statement. like if that was the case, though. He, would, he wouldn't he, be here. And I, agree with that. I agree with that. But I will say the better guy is going to win the job. So if it's Keaton Thompson, it's Keaton Thompson. He's still Tommy Stevens. Hey, tough luck. You know, we'll help you. If you want to go again, you want to transfer again, we'll, we'll, we'll get you out of here. But that's, 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 that's not going to happen, I don't think. Yeah. So, so then what happens with Keaton Thompson? I mean, I got one guy saying I'm foolish for saying he should redshirt. I think you have to redshirt him. No you have, matter, to, you no, have to at least present it to I, him. Yeah, unless he just refuses, or what, in which case, I mean, really, I mean, you could make the call whether or not he gets in the game. So right. You well, could, I mean, if he's not going to redshirt, he needs to go ahead and transfer. He needs to do it in in August or September. Go ahead and get out ahead of those four games and just get off the team and start finding find your new home and get comfortable and start practicing with them. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, because the deal is like if. I mean, next. Let's say he stays. I mean, next year you're right back in the situation you were in in the spring of this year. It's a battle between Keaton, Jalen Maiden. At that point, we'll have had a couple of seasons in the system. Um, 
Garrett Schrader at that point will have had a what a little about a year and a half in the yeah. system. At that point, it's just a wide open QB battle, um, kind of deal there. Yeah. So in a, in a year, if if Keaton doesn't and, and look, maybe he loves it here and and he's cool with that and he wants to stick you, around. You never and, know. And he feels like he's the best of the three and. Go for it because it's like two years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Look, no, no one's advocating here for Keaton Thompson to pack his bags. If, right. if he's happy here and he thinks, you know what, I can compete with Tommy Stevens, and you know what, even if I lose to Tommy Stevens, I'll win the job next year. Yeah. If that's his mindset, by all means, yeah, stay. You know, I, that, that, that there is no one in any stretch of the imagination, you know, pushing Keaton Thompson out the door. But if to, to me, it looks like Joe has never really had a ton of faith in KT. It just seems that it way. It seems that way, he, yeah. he would not put him in last year at, at, every, L, at LSU. Every bit of evidence you have about Keaton Thompson state tells you Joe Moorhead does not trust him. And so if that is the case, and KT would know better than I would, you know, if he feels like, gosh, there is just nothing I can do here to win over the coaching staff, you know, and because I think that from a player standpoint, he's won over some players. You know, players right. like him, and, and and some of that has to do with just, I mean, when you play with a guy and he's your buddy, you root for him, kind of thing. So some of that's that. But if he feels like I cannot win over this coaching staff, mm-hmm. and he wants to assure himself playing time, be a starter somewhere, kind of deal, he's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah, he does. And, and and there's no hard feelings or anything in in that instance. I mean, states had. Very talented guys go elsewhere before. Nick Tiano was a guy that I really would have loved to have seen yeah. have a shot at Mississippi State, yeah. but didn't. And, and he saw off. the writing on the wall, and he was one of the many that I've ran off. And, uh, <laughs> and so it's going to be really on. funny and if so, you get the last interview with Keaton Thompson somehow. <laughs> Probably will. It's going to happen. And Paul Jones will just continue to. Hey man, you just keep running them off. That's all he's going to say. To you. <laughs> uh, I think the depth for State's good. You know, it's 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 as pr- as proven as you know, people talk about depth at different and, and it's different at running back and wide receiver. You know, you want to have guys who have played a lot of reps at quarterback. You're just never really going to have it. You're going to have the main guy, and then you're going to have a guy who may have played a little, and then you got a guy who probably hasn't played at all. So State's got three guys, three guys that have played a little. Stevens and Keaton have played basically the equivalent of three or four games. Uh, Jalen Maiden has gotten a few series in, in in four games, and then there you've got Trader. That's about as good as you can hope for. There, you know, you got three four star guys as far as recruiting profiles go, and Stevens, you know, looked like he was on track to be the starting quarterback at Penn State before he got injured. So there's not a whole really a whole lot you, you can't like about the depth there. Um, and I think you've got you know, I, I didn't see enough of Schrader in the spring to formulate an opinion on him one way or the other. I still like Jalen Maiden. I think he can be a, a good quarterback. And, and remember when I talk about Keaton Thompson that I was the guy in the spring saying I think Maiden could win this job. Yeah. Um, so I've never really been sold on him, you know. And and when people point to what he's done, I, I just always you – know, he, he can't complete passes. Here's the deal. The people that want to be sold on Keaton Thompson mm-hmm. are, 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 are using their heart instead of their head. Yeah. And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that in sports. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's been many times where the Braves go out and make a signing or something in baseball, and I'm just, you know, think it's pretty cool just because the guy used to play there. You know, Tom Glavin comes back for his second round with the Braves. Wasn't nothing like the first time, you know. It just is what it is. He was older and, and whatever. But my heart was thrilled. Um, a lot of people, I think, play play this game of fandom with their heart instead of their head sometimes. And if you take the name Keaton Thompson away, 
and you just look at the numbers and you just look at the production and yeah. you just look at what they've done, I, I think that some of that that tie to him kind of fades away just a little bit. And, you know, he has had some moments. I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from him. You know, he's uh you know, played pretty well after Nick got hurt in the uh, in the egg bowl a few years ago. Stayed didn't win the game, but but KT played pretty well that day. And then in the, in the bowl game against Louisville, of course, he played well that day. Um, you know, uh, he's had he's had his moments, and, and I think people remember some of those moments and, and some of those Keaton highlights yeah. without remembering the fact that, oh, by the way, his completion percentage was worse than Nick's. Yeah. He ran the ball well in all three games, but didn't we already, already just go through that? Yeah. Yeah, we just went through that. So we'll see. I mean, I, at this rate, at this moment in time, I think it's going to be Tommy Stevens. I think Keaton will make a decision to stay or go. If he stays, he'll redshirt. If he goes, he goes. And he'll redshirt either way, I guess. And you're either going to have, you know, and he could try again next year. And I think, I'm trying to think how I would put it. Here's, here's something else to consider. I hadn't really thought about this, but, you know, what if at the end of next season, could he be eligible for a grad transfer? possible maybe stick it out the whole year here and then go through the spring and see how that goes for you and then maybe i I don't know if he'd be eligible or not at that point but he's got a lot of options right now and that's a good thing for him and of course like i said there's still a chance i think it's a small chance but i think there's a chance he could win the job and be the starting quarterback and then tommy stevens will be out the door and we're right back where we were in the spring and you sort of take it from there yeah uh, what happens let's play that scenario out KT this this fall comes out and just lights out, you know, just mm-hmm. every pass is right on the money and just he wins the job. Tommy Stevens grad transfer. Tommy Stevens. I mean, he had, at that point you have to just stick around and be the sul- the sullen backup, right? Like I yeah. mean, it's not like he can. No, you could transfer out again. Again? Yeah. Is that just how that works? You can just keep get going back in the portal. Yeah. I know it'd be a tough tough thing because now you're talking about you're going to be doing it while camp is going on. But because I mean, well, that's that, what I'm saying. Because I don't expect once this decision the season to be made to like you know. Once game the season week. starts, he couldn't do it. But that's uh, that's why I think Morehead has to be up front with him if he's not going to win it. But he, it, that's the, that's another reason to think he's going to win it because he. Why would he lock himself in? You know, if he, he went to other, he had other visits. He took, went to other schools. He obviously felt this was the best chance for him to win the job and and be the starting quarterback. And this, he felt this was the best situation for him. That tells you something. And there were probably some of those other schools that he absolutely, no doubt, without a well, he went know, to Akron. Exactly, yeah, he, he could have gotten that guy. Job. Yeah, and so yeah, you're right. I mean, that tells you enough right there to. to say that he had enough of a guarantee that yeah. you know he, he didn't he did not sign on to come to Mississippi State to come compete. Right. I, I, <laughs> I mean, like he, I, said, I don't think gone. I don't think Moorhead was just like, okay, you're going to be the starter. Yeah, but he did make it clear, like, look, you can win the job. Like you just got to come in and do what I've already seen. If you do what I saw you do at Penn State, you'll win the job. Yep. Simple as that. We'll talk about running backs next week. That'll be that'll be fun. I think Colin Hill will be your starter there. That that seems a little more cut in stone than uh, than <laughs> other things. All right. That's it. I like Nick Gibson. I do too. I think he's one of the most overlooked that's, guys. On but this that's team. for next week. All right. Baseball. Uh, a, a surprise. It's probably not transfers. Gunnar Halter has apparently entered the uh, transfer portal. That was reported by. Uh, Sam Bloom, I think of AL.com, and then uh, uh, confirmed by Steve Robertson of 24-7 that he is headed out and he, he's going to move on. I'm very surprised with this. First of all, I learned something about Gunnar Halter over the course of the College World Series that he's a better pitcher than a position player. He's a consistent like mid-90s guy. Why he's not pitching, I'll never know. 
And then when you look at what this roster has coming back from a bullpen standpoint next year. It could have been a good really, fit for him. Yeah. Not only that, but well then then you never saw not only that, but from a from a just a, a regular position standpoint, I thought Halter had a great chance to be state starting third baseman next year. And he hit about two eighty this year. He didn't show the power that he had in Ju- JUCO. Yeah, just had one, one just home run. just one home run. But that said, he was a consistent hitter. He had some big hits in the year. He had the RBI that won the seventeen inning marathon. And for that, it would for him. We may still be in. We Hoover. might still be in Hoover. I will forever be grateful. My beard would be down to my feet. <laughs> um, were you surprised to see him head out? Yeah, yeah. It's not often you see a junior that wasn't drafted that decides to move on kind of deal like it's kind of kind of weird and uh you know oh got some got some tunes going yeah i don't know what just happened there. uh you, you know it, it's kind of i i think steve mentioned that there was a potential that that gunner might um go the undrafted free agent route try and hook on with a, a professional team somewhere of course he, he was drafted a couple times before mm-hmm. um as a pitcher as you mentioned, you know, his pitching was kind of the thing that pro teams looked at for right. him, and he, I think, wanted to not pitch, basically. He, yeah. he wanted to, to, to prove that he could be an everyday kind of guy. But um, I don't know. I'm just interested to see what his his prospects are there. Yeah. You know, you didn't get drafted kind of deal. It looks like to me it would it would be, it would would be behoove him to stick in school for another year. Yeah. And, and whatever you want to do as a pro, whether that's be a try and be an everyday player pitch, do that. Yeah. And so that kind of makes you just wonder why didn't you just stick at state? But and he's got to be a grad transfer, right? Because there's no. I don't know what his school situation. What's well, the thing is, though? But... He'd have to sit out if he wasn't a grad transfer. He has to be a grad transfer, doesn't he? Or unless he hasn't, had, unless maybe he hasn't had a redshirt year. Yeah, one of the two. I, I, I mean, he went to JUCO, you know. So I. I don't, so it's I don't possible know he played two years there, a year here, year, and he still got a redshirt yeah. year available, possibly. So anyway, so, I, I mean, it's just. It just caught me off guard. I really thought Halter would be the guy at third next year. Now, maybe Landon Jordan is that guy. Uh, well, he may be in a situation, and, and I'm speculating here because I haven't asked Chris Lamonis about this. Right. And, you know, I think at some point in the coming weeks we're supposed to sit down with, with Chris and kind of have an end-of-the-year chat, and I'm sure we'll talk about this kind of stuff. But it kind of makes you think that maybe Chris and, and uh, Gunner have had a conversation where maybe it was like, you know, look, you're going to have to earn a job somewhere kind of thing. And and maybe Gunner wanted a little more, you know, a little more of a guarantee that that he, you know, wasn't going to end up in a spot like he was toward the end of this year, only playing every now and then against a lefty in the DH role kind of thing. And, and look, I'm totally speculating here. That there's None of that is Joel saying that's what happened. But it's one of the things that you think about because if he was told that you've got a good shot to be our starting third baseman next year, or, you know, starting whatever next year, you would think that his option would be to stay. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If if he knew he was probably going to be a starter and then chose to leave anyway, that doesn't make any sense to me. So it seems like to me maybe the writing was on the wall to him that it was going to be kind of tough for him maybe to crack the starting lineup. Yeah, I agree. But just caught me off guard. Like I said, I thought he you – know, and the other thing, finding out that he was a pitcher – and he could throw like this with state's needs in the bullpen next year. I, I you know, I, I don't know unless it's that a, makes me feel like he's getting some bad advice somewhere. Like if you can throw like that and they're interested, they obviously are interested in you as a pitcher. Maybe you should just go ahead and, and go that route. You know, you can be Madison Bumgardner. You can be a pitcher that rakes. Well, there was another guy um, that Mississippi State 
signed a few years ago that Pro Scouts loved as a pitcher, mm-hmm. and he was convinced he could hit. Mm-hmm. And his name's Austin Riley, and he may be your yeah. NL Rookie of the Year this year for the Braves. Yeah. I mean, he's just been, you know, matched. Works out sometimes. And so I, sometimes these guys that know I want to be a position player, well, that works out for them too. So yeah. so maybe that's what Gunner's been doing is thinking, I mean, not saying that Gunner wants, is Austin Riley or whatever, but mm-hmm. sometimes guys, they want to do a certain thing, and and sometimes that works out for them. And, and maybe that's what Gunner was trying, and now maybe he's going to try different. I, I don't know. But course, uh, And the other thing to remember is, you know, it's it's June. He could just change his mind. Transfer do it all the time. So. And, and that said, too, th- this is not to slight Gunnar Hawthorne, who I think is a good baseball player. Um, I, I think he's uh, can be a pretty good defender, and, and and I think there's some untapped power in there. I mean, he, what he, he cranked twenty something homers in JUCO the year yeah. before he came here. I mean, there's there's definitely some untapped pop in that bat that we didn't see this past year. But should he be gone, which looks like he will be, from a position player standpoint, I think State's okay. Yeah. Um, when you, I, I guess we'll do this at some other point. You know, there's no need to do it today. But to, to me, and I've already mentioned it before, but the glaring hole on this team next year to me is that bullpen. I mean, there's nobody, yeah. that, no, nobody proven at all. Right. Like right now, if you said what state's bullpen? Okay, it's Jack Egan, and I'm done. I mean, Spencer Price maybe. Price self self is back for another year, but I mean. Are those guys ever going to be the same? Yeah, they 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 aren't what they were a couple, or at least they weren't this year. Yeah, maybe a year, another year year removed. Maybe there's a lot of uncertainty in that pen. Yeah, they need to find some guys there for sure. And I mean, they're they're actually they actually I I don't know if you heard about this. They they brought in a a guy uh, who's going to he's more of a hitter, sort of the opposite of what we're talking about here. He's more of a hitter, but I've seen him pitch and he can't do it. His name is Make Jangum. <laughs> Got a nice beard. Just yeah. happens to be the same height. Same height, and uh, he, uh, yeah. So he's he's gonna. They may they may end up hitting him a little bit more than you think for a bullpen guy. But make Jangum's coming to save the bullpen. You say that. You know what? I th- well, he, he kind of said. I don't know if you've read Rick Cleveland's latest piece. I think it just came out today on on Jake. Um, it's posted on two. If you if you can't find it, it's it's posted on six packs. Peak. Six packs peak. Uh, you'll be able to find it there too, and it's also you, you can find it other spots other than that. But, right. well, but on no, Twitter was, you can find it there. It, Jake basically said this, but if it, if he could have a fifth year of eligibility, I really think that uh, you know he'd say the heck with the Mets and just play baseball at Mississippi State. He might. Again. Like, he might do it. Like, I really feel like he loved Mississippi State that he much, did. and he pretty much said it in that that piece with Rick Cleveland yeah. that, that if that he'd come back and do it again. Yeah, uh, so. absolutely. No. All right. You guys have a great weekend. Uh, this is the first weekend without Bulldog Sports and since last uh, September when the, when the football season kicked off. So uh, enjoy it. You know, relax. Maybe hit the grill. You said yeah. that. It, it in the, uh, it's this weekend, isn't it? That the, the women, I know they'll be wearing Team US, or oh, USA yeah, team, team. USA Team. USA Team no, will be across their chest. Don't get us in trouble. But uh, on, on their back, you know, above their number, there's an M-State logo, I think. So We uh, just can't escape it. I tried to get us a weekend off, Joel, but so there you go. i got to pay attention to something. There so. you go. If you, if you, you don't want a weekend off, a word there. you can use that. All, so. right. All right, guys, talk to you on Monday. Have a great one for Joel. Oh, just looking ahead to next week, by the way, 4th of July, uh, we will take – there will be a pod on the 4th of July. There will not be a pod on the 5th of July. We'll take the 4th of July off and uh, to be with our families and cook some meat. And uh, then we'll uh, back to... Big fan of meat. I like meat. I like it better than Pringles. Tell you that much. So that's that's to be our schedule uh, for that week. Uh, and then looking ahead, uh, 
if you want to get if you need to plan your calendar around Thunder and Lightning, which we certainly hope you will. We encourage uh, you to do so. Yeah, you know, the week after that, everything's normal, and then the week after that, we'll be in. I'll be in Hoover for the whole week, so I, I don't know that Joel will be joining me for any podcasts that week. No, because I, I mean I, I will be the there. Deal. I will be there the day states there. Will That's be the a, only and day even there. then, it's going to be difficult to like break away. Yeah. And, so and uh, of course the next week. Vacation week. And then, yeah, the week after that, Joel and I are both going on vacation. So, so you'll have a whole week of no thunder and lightning. So hopefully that hopefully that absence will make the heart grow fonder. That'd be great. And then when we come back, we'll be when we come back, training camp should be starting. Yeah. And we'll be ready to talk some football in a big, big way. So guys, have a great uh weekend and we'll talk to you again on Monday morning and, for and Joel. Oh. If anybody's going to Jackson this weekend and you're going to see Ric Flair, get him to woo for me. Cost sixty bucks though. I think nobody woos but him. <laughs> Did you see that? Costs like thirty bucks to get in, and, and it costs 60, yeah. sixty to get a selfie. I love the Nate, and, and you can do like a selfie autograph combo for a hundred bucks. But like, I, I love the Nate, but no, I'm yeah, not, I'm not. Basically, it's ninety bucks for a selfie because yeah, you got to pay thirty and sixty. But anyway, if any of you guys do it, tell them to woo for Joel T. All right, for Joel T. Cole, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Super Bowl. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.